Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, Michael Adams here, coming to you on the morning after the sad announcement of the passing of Noel Kelly, one of the true greats of Rugby League and one of its great characters. So we would like to offer our condolences to the Kelly family and join the rest of the Rugby League community in mourning one of its true greats. A member of the NRL team of the century, changed the hooking game forever, one of the toughest men to ever play the game, uh, and a, a very gregarious character. Uh, I would recommend his book, Hard Man, uh, written with Ian Head, which is one of the best rugby league books. It's an incredible story uh, told beautifully. So we were going to play our next chapter today. We're going to hold off releasing that uh, until tomorrow. Uh, and in its place, we're going to replay the interview we conducted with Noel uh, a couple of years ago. This was recorded on the back deck of his house in Collaroy overlooking Long Reef Golf Club. It was truly one of the honours of my life to get the opportunity to do that, and I know Andrew feels the same way. So we will throw to that interview now. We'll speak to you tomorrow with the next Super League chapter, uh, but Vale, Noel Kelly. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, three kangaroo tours, hooker of the team of the century, yeah. pretty uh, fair career, Noel. Yeah, it's been a pretty good career, mate. I've, uh, I've enjoyed it, you know. Been a good ride, really. I want to go back to your, your Queensland career. Yeah. You, you played in Queensland, I guess, the the last great era of uh, Queensland football in the pre-origin era. Yeah. Um, we, well, I was born in Goodner in Queensland. That's halfway between Ipswich and Brisbane. And... Uh, and they never had a senior league in goodness, so I had to go to Ipswich to play. So I, I played uh, all my first grade football in, in Ipswich. And then in 1959, um, I made the, uh, well, I played in the Malibu Cup before, but uh, I'd made the Ipswich side and the Queensland side. and. Uh, the Australian side and then toured to England for five and a half months at the end of the year. So that, 1959, that that just uh, turned our whole life around. So I was a, a butcher and working, you know, two jobs, pumping uh, fuel of a night time at the garage and all, and uh, trying to get on our feet. And then uh, I make the, the Australian side and we're off and running, you know, but we never had any money and we were stone motherless broke. So we, uh, the first offer I got, I took it and come to Sydney. Mm. Um, before then, one thing I wanted to ask about Queens, because that was like the last year before the gulf that? between <laughs> yeah. the Sydney comp and the, the Queensland comps became like... Yeah, a bit too great. When you came to Sydney, what was the the difference in standard between like playing Bulimba Cup and playing 
the West. Yeah, well, when <coughs> when I played for Queensland against New South Wales, that was in 19... and we, we beat, mm. beat New South Wales. Uh, that was at a stage where uh, Queensland were on... Hang on, New South Wales were on top for ages. And they used to just bash Queensland up and, you know, 53-nil or something and all this stuff. Is that because they had the Queensland players down here? Well, that's part of it. Yeah. That's part of it. But not a real big part of it because the that's when the poker machines came down here is when the when the poker, uh, when the uh, Queenslanders came down to try and get a few bucks because there was no money in uh, Queensland, you know. So we... Uh, we, I went away in 1959, and it was really hard on your wife and and, and our baby, two babies, I think, with one one baby at that stage. But um, five and a half months away, and we were all away on eleven quid a week, which was absolute peanuts, you know. We were all we were were just workhorses for the league, you know. We sort of we're the blokes that dug the well and I think they're drinking the water now absolutely you know? I mean I wanted to ask you this it's like there's, you actually have to sacrifice your family's well-being to represent uh, the jersey yeah that's and, right and then I mean now Mal's got the jersey yeah. just pride back in it but there yeah. wasn't pride in it for a while ah, it, must, it must have really given you the willies what well you know. that's right you know and, and of course losing junior league hasn't helped the situation the league need a good kick up the ass. For, uh, for letting the junior league get in the condition it is like all our players, our rep players and most of our uh, city players, team players were all blokes from the bush you know, all farmers and bloody people from in the, out, out in the country and then the first people that they have neglected in my book is those at, at the school of young people that we had, you know. And besides uh, changing the game round to suit the TV set, but I mean, um, and they, as you said, um, we, we would be out there playing our guts out for nothing, and like, and we'd do it again for nothing, or because we got that much pride and pleasure out there. But three quid a week, only five and a half months away, you know pretty tough going and then I had three kangaroo tours and the second one was about four months or four, no, four and a half months and in between that a World Cup so I was I was never home you know yeah, absolutely. and my wife had the kids we were getting older we got more kids but as um, and she was home doing it on her own you know like I mean hard to sit back and think about it sometimes. Does it make you sad that the kangaroo tour is gone? Oh, yeah. Disgraceful. They're like losing France. Like France may as well not be playing. The the kangaroo... And the the kangaroo jumper has become cheap. Now, before... Well, let's say in the 60s. To become a kangaroo, you had to go to go to England, and uh, you had to play. And to, to be a member of the cricket ground, they used to give you a. a you, you would be given a uh, 
12 months or a time as a member for uh, the cricket ground. But you had to play a test on the uh, Sydney cricket ground and you had to play a test in England. Now, you can go and play New Guinea in Java and that's the kind of direction. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Simple, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, each, every game now is, is qualified as a test. A test. Now, I mean, there is a te- difference between a test and a World Cup game too, you know, but, but it's, uh, that's how it is. They've just uh, gone for it. Gone more for the dollar than than anything else, and I've spent a few of them too on the way through. <laughs> I mean, um, your autobiography, which we both read and loved. Oh my god, um, one of my favourites. The one? Uh, your book, oh Hard Man. And we, we have to recommend to our listeners if you haven't read that, go out and get it. You should better get it on uh, Amazon and in the bookshops. Uh, killer read, amazing stories. <laughs> I mean, what was it like getting picked from the bush to play for Australia? Like to us, it's so foreign. That you could do that from the country. Do you need yeah. someone to tip the selectors? Like I think it was Dan um, Dan Dempsey. Dan Dempsey Senior was yeah. it? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. What they'd do, like, but well, that's see, and they used to have. Well, we'll say in Sydney, you'd have the city country trials, like uh, all the boys from the country would go back and play for the country, and the city sides, all the city blokes, they'd all play, and they'd play off right. And then they, from that would be picked a New South Wales side. And from that, you'd be pumped into the test side. Now, um, if you're lucky enough to be come up just the year of a kangaroo tour, it's a pretty big hop from, like I was playing in Ipswich, it's a pretty, and that was a bush. So it's a pretty big hop from there to Queensland to, to uh, the Sydney cricket ground and then to England for five and a half months, you know. Absolutely. But you're so young and so eager, and so uh, I was never ever built to play footy. I'd, I'd never ever, uh, I couldn't tell you who won the game last week, let alone two years ago. <laughs> like, we only ever used to get there and, and on the riverbank at Goodner and play anyone that wanted to play us, you know, and that was it. And of course, as you get older and you're, you're starting to get a bit better and you're starting to get a bit of a rap put on you and, you know, you start then thinking, well, I might as well give it a go, you know, and see how good I can be. And, of course, that's probably what led us into being down here. I'd, I'd been to England from Queensland and then I, I'd say to my wife, well, we got an offer from New South Wales. Um... Do I think I'm good enough, you know, to go to New South Wales? Well, we'll soon find out. So there were plenty of people who came from Queenslanders who came to New South Wales that went home with a broken heart and their tail between their legs, you know, and from everywhere else too, you know. It's a tough company in Sydney and it was a bloody sort of tougher in the olden days before they, uh, you know, stopped the stop the old swinging arm and all this stuff. <laughs> um, it's so funny when I read the accounts of the scrums yeah. back in the old days. Like It yeah. seemed like you, you were lucky to escape with all your fingers. If you, oh, you... that's right. That's right. But See, hooking, hookers are great. Great position on the field now. Right? But 
it's probably the best position to play on the ground now because you, you handle the ball first every time. You can take your pick which side you go, and you know you, you don't have to rely on anyone. As long as they play the ball right, you're going to have a chance to do something, you know. Well, and of course, uh, Cameron, Cameron Smith's a great player, and he'd be a great player in the old days. You would know? you say he'd be a halfback back in the old days? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah half or five, eight, yeah. Yeah, I would. But, uh, see, he, he, he wouldn't be quite as good looking. There'd <laughs> 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 be, uh, you'd have to leave your initials on him somewhere, you know. <laughs> but he, he's a great player and a, and a great fellow, so I mean, um, it, that's the, the prime position, but. When no one wanted to play hooker normally, but and not only that, you had to be a bloke who was durable, who could fight. Absolutely, you had to be able to whack a bit and be a bit callous about it because you're hanging in the scrum with your both arms above your head. Right? Now, in the second row, obviously, yeah, he's. He's going to have a pot shot at you any time he likes. So you and your mate in the front row, particularly the blind side, and the opposite where the ball comes in, you and him have got to be pretty good friends because he's got to look after you. You're laying down there waiting for the ball, and all of a sudden they're coming through here. He's got to be able to get into them, you know, and, and at least keep you on your feet until you get, <laughs> get going. And I mean, hey, and of course, you are a hooker. Before Ian Walsh and I arrived on the scene, the hooker was just a guy that used to walk from scrum to scrum to win the ball. You know, he'd get into dummy half, but you'd never ever run with all much, so just pass the ball, you know. And, um, well, that's my, my opinion of it. And then, when we, we, I could play a bit in the open, and so could Ian Walsh. And we reigned for the 60s, you know, so, um, when oh, when the scrum ball would come in the scrum it's, it, all the weight goes to one side because you, you're just you're just a sitting target for you know sometimes a boot man you know anything but I mean I had a, a deal with these, anyone that whacked me that I'd, I'd get them back you know, <laughs> and they hit me and gone you know so and if you do that early days it makes life easier, I can tell you. If you you might get sent off a couple of times, but if you've nailed a couple of them, you know. The, and um, so after that, I always used to say to them, if you can't do anything, but just get his number, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, say, number four, <laughs> number, number nine, number two. Were, were there any blokes if, like, you knew you, knew you were playing the next week where you're like oh this is going to be a this is going to be a rough game oh uh, yeah yeah they were rough yeah they were rough because some some guys couldn't handle pace in the scrum but it wasn't like that all the time there was see that the the hooker he, he he relied on his scrum count you'll see at the end of the game um Ian Walsh 20 or 8 Ned Kelly seven or vice versa the, you had to win the scrums or at least get your share but if you get to be two to one two weeks in a row you're lucky to make the side next week you know but if you're a good forward 
they'll put you a prop, you know, and, and you, you'd be, you're a better help to the hooker if you're, if you're an ex-hooker, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when uh, Ian Waltz was favoured as a hooker in latter years, I was in the first test, first trip to England, uh, I was the number one all the time until I broke down the knees and crossed that what you know. So I got back into being number one again for a few years and then he'd go in and then I'd go back in and, you know, it was just whoever was fit enough to play, really. So then uh, at the end of it all, I find myself playing prop, you know. And I Steve wanna... Walters was considered in that way era, in that mother yeah. era, the first hooker forward, but you were the first hooker forward. Yeah, right? yeah for sure, yeah. Um, we used to hear that all the time. Steve Walters is the first hooker forward. No, I never. And then um, we read your book. and Yeah. But it's funny yeah, you and you and uh, Ian Walsh coming up at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd imagine great rivals, but it seemed like you were pretty good friends as well. Yeah, we were good mates. He was. Not with us anymore, but geez, we in the very first interstate game, I was playing for Queensland. He was playing for New South Wales, and I thrashed him. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him an awful bash, and, and, and Queensland so I beat uh, beat New South Wales that night in in Brisbane, you know, and that's where I got my start. Anyway, uh, I, I remained the king from there on. Hanging in there. Anyway, it was funny. Uh, just this bit of a break. And he, he um, Ian Watson and I used the same. Didn't use the same. We we're about the same size. Anyway, we'd, when we'd room together, you know, we'd have our gear hanging up and. Whoever got home first was the best dressed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anyway, we, we used to look alike a little bit, you know. He, he was better looking than me, but he, he, he just looked a bit. He looked like me a bit. So we were playing. Uh, we were playing Wakefield Trinity one day, and, and this was always going to have this big mad bus. Called Don Vines. He had bloody Russell Sprouts for ears and he had nose across the ears. Ex wrestler and <laughs> all the things they reckon he was. I don't know what he was. Anyway, every time we played against him, it was on, you know. So I thought, oh, Christ, here we go. So Ann Waltz is the hooker and I'm the prop. So the game began on. As the game began on, the referee hated, hates me because I've been playing hooker the tour before and all this stuff and uh, the hooker the referee hated me anyway he's all the time get your feet back Kelly and stand up Kelly keep your arm over the top Kelly and all this stuff and all the time it wasn't me it was him once and Abdul's in there and he said I'm not Kelly and the referee's going he's at him and then going along and I said, so with that this Don Vines let's let him go and, and he whacks Abdul but he, he he sort of bit got me a bit too and I thought oh well Sydney or the bush so never did anything about it but the next scrum I hit him right in the whiskers you know knocked him <laughs> right in the <laughs> and the lines would come running in and said 
it, it was uh, Kelly. <laughs> and he goes straight over to Waltz. <laughs> says, get off. <laughs> and he, he wants to say to him, Abdel say to him, he says, I'm not Kelly, I'm Waltz. I'm not Kelly, that's Kelly. The referee said, get off. And I said, fuck off, Abdel, you're, you're giving me a bad name. <laughs> Never forget me. You must have some fun on those tours. Oh, we did. We used to have some great times, you know. If you weren't in the bloody bus, you were in the train or the something or other, you know. I mean, it sounds like these tours with the you know the, the, the meager rations and you're fighting for a decent oh, feed. Is, oh, that, is, that, yeah. is that true? Yeah, yeah bloody hell. There was the guys before us and going right back, they really did it tough, you know. One lot had to get jobs to get themselves mm. home, you know. Right. But uh, in that book, I think Ian Ray read it, the, the kangaroos, the, the big, big, well, it's got all that story. Yeah. Jesus, a good book anyway. <laughs> They, uh, Abdel and I were just, <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were great friends, but sometimes he, he used to get the shit. <laughs> uh, this is good. Speaking of another great friend of yours, the, the late great Rex Mossop. Yeah, Rex, yeah, well, Rex was, see, Rex, Rex used to have an awful lot of knockers. We, we love Rex. Well, it's funny because yeah, so we. we're of the age where we were growing up, yeah. he was like, kind of a joke figure yeah. just be you know like all you know bagging him out yeah. and yeah, and all that, yeah. And so that was kind of what I thought of him as a young guy yeah. only as I got a bit older yeah. and got to like think yeah. about his career not yeah. only as a player but Mate. changing the game as a broadcaster media yeah oh, media recruits yeah. from well the you, you think about it like people who who bag him they mind you he could be a bit aggressive or a bit abrupt or you know but he he played hundreds of bloody first grade rugby league he changes he, he, he went to England when England was at its best hardest years early 50s and he plays for Lee over there and, and played regular member of the team you know he was part of the team he comes back plays, uh, plays for Australia comes back and you said well turns to Union Goes away and bloody lie or what are they the bloody Wallabies. What are they the bloody what do they call themselves? Wallabies. Wallabies. Well they were the right, yeah, all right, wallabies. So he's played for the wallabies. That's a dirty word in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he, he's he's played for that as well. Then he's come back to what do you call it? To a league Boy, again. Yeah. <laughs> Vice captain of the 1959 Kangaroos. I didn't be He's running his own football show for 25 years. Yeah, pioneer. Pioneer. And it was a good show. And I was on controversy. I, 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 I want to ask, ask you about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> we watch it on YouTube. It's amazing. <laughs> Talk about authentic um, opinions. Like that, That's what's missing with the footy show. That's why it's been canned because it's all sitting on the fence now. Yeah. There's no splinters in the controversy corner. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> controversy corner. Come on and we'd walk, walk in and uh, we'd be sitting there like, like this and someone would say, well, what are we going to talk about? And the <laughs> would say, oh, 
Well, I think someone said before we, we got in there, we said, pigs, I see, that didn't happen. And then we start arguing at me. <laughs> We'd get inside, and, and, and people wanted you to get up wrecks all the time, you know, like, don't, don't give him any peace. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we used to do that a bit too, you know, get him going. Ferris Ashton would be uh, talking about his Viking suit. <laughs> 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 old Cole Pierce, a referee, only played like I've never ever seen smile. I've never seen him crack a smile. He's a great referee. He's a great referee. Knew every rule. That is good. Don't get him to have a laugh. I, was, he, I, was, I think he died not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we talk about a bad referee? Oh, that's Lawler. Can we talk about Darcy Lawler? Darcy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you haven't read the book, listeners, he's uh, He's involved in attempting to fix the sixty-three grand final. Oh, runner. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he uh, yeah. In that book, you'll you'll read all about it in my book. He, it, and no one, no one that you know will disagree with it. Like I mean, all the players, I still talk to players. I've heard blokes telling the story, and uh, that of what happened because I'd I'd, I'd written in my book, but. He'd been through it. Like he played for St George, this guy. And he, he was uh, Peter Armstrong. Right? I was up in the uh, surf club up at uh, Rainbow Bay one day and I heard this bloke talking about this, what happened in this grand final when he, he put his money on the St George. You know? Anyway, he was telling it word for word. You know, and I thought, shit, this bloke, and it, he, he, he was using it as... Uh, what had happened to him on the field with this, the Darcy Law. And he, he said, if he, if he calls you your name, you're right, you can go do what you like. And he said, but if he, if he calls you your number, he said, you're gone. You know, he's going to ride you all day or he's back the other mile. It's just... Disgusting, he should have been shot. He, got, he should have been shot. Some bastard should have shot him. So Jack Gibson, he had a... Uh, yeah. Friends in the underworld. Well, right? well, and Jack, Jack had the biggest SP in New South Wales. Like he, he knew where all the money was coming. So, was it a known fact that Lawler had a gambling problem? Or? Oh yeah, yeah right. Yeah, mate. Well, look, to my way of thinking, and like we wouldn't be the only blokes that know no, this. I mean, there must have been people on the board of control or whatever they called it in those days. They would, have, they would have to know. It's yeah. just, I mean, you don't make many grand finals, do you? No. And it must, it must yes. stick in your craw to this day, well, right? In, in, 19, in, in the same year, in 1963, yeah, in the same year, we won the major final year. And we went straight into the, what do you call it? I reckon he had his money on St George that day. But right on the bell, the bloody bell was ringing, and I made a break, break right in front of the member stand, and I gave it to our two halves, and I think Kevin Smythe scored under the post as the bell was ringing. And he had us down 8-6 or something like that, you know. And we were we were shot birds. We were not going to get out, except 
I spotted a hole near Elton Rasmus and then got past him and unloaded the ball. That's the reason I am this. I, I know what happened. We, we scored a try and, and the bloody ground erupted. You know, it was unbelievable. And it couldn't, it, they usually did that to people. But this day we did it to them. And we, we played better than them all day. And uh, I reckon he, he, at that day, he had a scorn and he'd done his dough. He had his dough in his pocket until this happened. And then, boom, he's gone and we're knocking off on the bell. So he's, he's doubled up on the grand final. You've got to wonder about the officialdom of the era when a guy's got that much heat around yeah, him. but don't go into that too much. You know, <laughs> you know they, they're still friendly. You know, that... But that you're right. You know, it's, why is it allowed is what I'm getting at? Like, hey? why, why wasn't he pulled up? Well, even well if it's, that's right. Even if it's rumour, it's like it's... Yeah, you well, know, anyway. See, what do you say? Um, Who's going to pull him up? Who knows? Half of them. I mean, it's kind of like... It's done now. The history books yeah, say, on. you know. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if... Um, that was obviously the third grand final in a row you guys lost. Yeah. That was the, the end of your challenge to that St. Was, George. Yeah, Did... but that one, yeah, it was, but they deserved to win the other two. Mm. There's no risk of it then. They were, they were never in doubt. They were better than us. Half of us were unfitting in the first one. And I couldn't walk, let alone run. And then uh, like the second year was... Second time, yeah, it was we, we were a bit better, but not much. But the third third year, we we're on fire. We we're, we're playing good footy, you know, as a team. Been there before, you know, it was good. Do you think that kind of like broke the spirit of the team in some way, or do you think it was just players getting older, moving on, that sort of thing? Oh yeah, just players getting old. Like there were blokes retiring out of that. Yeah, that was. Uh, there were guys retiring down over the hill. You, uh, you mentioned your knee there. Um, you had the knee injury early in your career. Right? Oh, yeah, I took it with me to England. Bloody thing. So, like, I mean, in, in the modern medicine, it might have been fixed up, but, but well, in those I, days, you couldn't do it. I, I did it in town if I playing for South Queensland against North Queensland, I think it was. And that was in about 1958. And... Uh, was you, you had it for the first tour? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, it was murder, you know. You put the, you used to strap it tight and put the capsule in on it and burn it and do everything you could, you know. As a matter of fact, in, see, they talk about how much football they play now. You think about, in, say, 1959, playing in we played all the trials, and there was plenty of them. Queensland... Uh, North, South Queensland plays North Queensland, then North Queensland plays South Queensland, and then Wide Bay plays. And then you play all these trials, and then you get into your local limit. Then, the, then you go into your club stand, club sides. Right, so you play all your club footy. Then, you, uh, as you're playing your club footy, they pick the Bulimba Cup. And of all that footy I've played, None of it was was harder than Melinda Cup. Oh, there was Brisbane, <laughs> Ipswich, and Toowoomba. Oh, jeez, that was absolute murder. You know. But they, I'm not kidding. That it was murder. 
at the, the grounds were like bloody granite, you know, those terrible grounds. And, oh. The Queensland sun baking it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah well, well, up on North Ipswich Oval, uh, used to be the big gas works beyond, you'd be sucking up <laughs> gas. Oh, jeez. And it was, uh, it was like, oh, it's just like little, one big cricket pitch, you know. But anyway, uh, so you'd play all your trials, and then you'd, you'd play your trials into that Belimba Cup. You play the Belimba Cup. From the Belimba Cup, you play uh, your three games in that, four, three games in that, I think. Maybe four. So anyway, then you, you go, uh, you, you get your Queensland side picked out at South Queensland side, and you play North Queensland side. Then you play the Queensland, plays New South Wales. Then you uh, three tests against New Zealand. So when you play the three tests against New Zealand, you get on the bloody uh, plane the next day and you go to England and you, we played 36 games. You're away for five and a half months. You come home and they, the Frenchmen arrive. So you picked in a world game, play go through all your trials again, play through play your comp games, play your Belimba Cup, play the World Cup, right? on top of your uh, premiership league. And then after I think the next year the Pommies come in. Now I mean you think of all the games of footy we played in between mm. and they tell me how many they played now. Yeah. In in 1967, I played five games in seven days in England on tour. Good the, the, the blokes were getting hurt and a couple of them wouldn't play and all this stuff. And uh, I had five games in seven days. Well, we're going to talk about 67. I mean, we're, talk, we're sitting here with the universally recognised hardest man <laughs> of the hardest generation in the hardest sport, uh, and you had to discipline a few blokes over there for behaviour. Oh, yeah, well, we we had a couple of blokes that were just, they'll remain nameless, but I mean, um, they had the wrong idea. You know, they, when, when they didn't make the, the top side, they sort of thought, oh, well, so I'll just have a cook's tour now, you know, and didn't want to play and drink too much grog, played up in the pubs. And I, they were a completely different lot. Than that were out in, in 1963 and 60 and 59. They uh, was a, a new type of bloke than we were used to, you know. It was hard to, a bit hard to handle. It was, again, it was management that brought it undone. That um, we, we were going to get sent home. Oh, geez. So no one wanted that. So, uh, yeah, we did have to discipline one. Yeah. Just, I think I offered him around the back or something. <laughs> Didn't come down. And no one, no one accepted your invitation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a sort, of a sort of a thing. It was my third time and I didn't want to go home, you know, with bloody, be remembered as one of the blokes who got sent home on the 67 tour. Absolutely. I've had two, two other great tours, you know. So I certainly didn't want anything like that happening. And, you know, and I, uh, I, 
I was a bit dirty on it. I was that bloody wild. I'd let those words out before I... Because in those days, uh, that was a way of fixing things up a bit, you know. <laughs> it just made us laugh. Too. It wasn't a team of um, pussycats, and then, uh, <laughs> and then and nobody stepped in your offer. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there was a couple of one-day help and we were just going to give me a hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject, I mean, uh, Rex Mostert in his book said that um, I think it was Vince Corralius was the toughest guy he played against. Yeah, I reckon he would have been. Uh, that re- he, he, he bashed, well, he bashed the whole bloody team here one year, Corralius. Uh, he ran right. And uh, he certainly was a big, strong, bloody hard running bomb, you know. He didn't take any prisoners. How about yourself? Did you have a... Yeah, well, not, not... We didn't stand up and swing, but we had a few, you know, shoving your nose in <laughs> one another's face. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to ask about on the 59 tour, it was kind of Reg Gaznier exploding onto the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, you would have played against him for Queensland yeah, that year. Yeah. Did you know how good he was? yeah. Yeah, everybody knew him. Yeah. yeah. What What about him? Like, made him so good. Uh, he's is from from zero to to ten. He first he, he had this knack. He had a little short um, burst, but the further he went, the more he sort of stood up and ran. You know, and oh, geez, once he got in the stride, he had that little jink that can just jink away from him, you know, someone else would have to sidestep and he'd just sort of give that little jink out. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, was, he was an excellent player. And he, he, yeah. uh, we keep hearing in the modern game the closest thing to, to Reg Gaznier is Greg Inglis. Where, where do you stand on that? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think the only thing Greg Inglis is, is, a, is a great player, but he he doesn't participate for much of the game, you know. I know he does some great things, but you know, you if you're in there playing, you you got to play 80 minutes. Like our game was 80 minutes. Well, you don't have to anymore. That squirrels my argument, I suppose. But I mean, if Greg had uh, Gaznier's oomph, like a get up and go, Gaznier wasn't a tough. Bashing, what do you call it? It was, you'd compare him to a gentleman, you know, he was, he was clean cut and when he scored, he was usually just putting it down under the post. Yeah. Just beautiful to watch, you know. Yeah. Like, I heard Frank Hyde call him a gazelle one day. He, he uh, hit, the, hit the line, hit the ball, and start, as soon as he started to throw his head back, he knew he was going to score. And, um, Frank Hyde said, I don't know what he looks like. He said, well, what do you... But he, said, he just looks like one of those big gazelles who throw <laughs> their arms and legs yeah, out. Yeah. And he did too, you know. Um, Frank Hyde described you in a certain way too, didn't he? Hey? Frank Hyde described you in a certain way, didn't he? Oh, with a cow. <laughs> a cow on a bike. Yeah, that's, he, that's a bit, a bit offensive, isn't destroy, it? He said... He said he's gone in and scored a wonderful try, and he looked just like a cow on a bike. <laughs> that, that wasn't your try at Swinton, was it? In yeah, I think it was. Because yeah. I, I watched that only recently, and 
the dummy you did to score that try, it was like Brett Kenny-esque audacity going under the post. It was like, was that a feature of your game? or did Yeah, you just... I, I could do all that, but mate, um, it, it, it was a positional play when we were playing. Hookers weren't expected to do that. And uh, the hookers get the ball, get the scrum, get everything right in the bloody, you know. That was the engine room. And you didn't have to move yourself out there to uh, to get the ball to, you know, you'd like, there was sometimes you'd have a game and think, God, strike me, might as well stay at home, you know, like, for all, for all the outstanding things you did, most of it was grinding away in there, knocking them down when they are coming up the middle and all that stuff, you know. Um, or setting loose, or everybody, every uh, forward you know, that played for Australia, I reckon, prop. Could all run with the ball and jink a little bit and unload the ball. And we learnt that off the Poms. The Poms come out here like Cor McTeague one year and he, he just they used to call it the roll. He'd roll through it. Next one's pop the ball out here and three blokes run off him everywhere. So we used to try and do that. And uh, but mind you, see, today, today they're getting taught to play when they're 12 or 14, but we were still, we were going to work and bloody, yeah. we didn't have time to go to extra bloody training lessons and all well, they were busy trying to feed the family, you know. Different world. Yeah, different world, mate, different, different world. But they, if these guys here today, um, not in any way, they're saying they can't play or I'm down on them really, but if they had to push and pull in the scrum, like we used to have to like, be like bullocks, in the scrum, you wouldn't see them diving over here and jumping over there. And here they are now; they can put their hand up and come off when they when they feel like it. You know, what I mean? and they're saying the game's faster. Well, wouldn't it be fast? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is that something that annoys you watching the scrums? Oh shit! Yeah, I hate it. It's just a joke. You're like in, in the old game, no, no one knew who was going to win the ball. So if you're you're standing back there. And, Attacking because you think you're going to win the ball, and they win it. Yeah, you've got a big job containing this, and that's destroyed the, the back foot for you. Like, knowing you're going to get it, it might be all right knowing you're going to get it, but the other boat knows that you're going to get it too. You know. So I mean, I, I just think that's a blemish on the game. Even, even look in rugby union, they don't put the ball in the middle. And they have all these bloody stupid scrum rules and all that. But you, you watch. They walk up to the thing and just roll it straight through the back of the scrum. No one says a word. But you, you get and you get the gun. You win the ball when you put it in. And that, that's what they, they should tighten our scrums up a bit. Keep them big bastards in there and let them push a bit. Keep them out of the road. Well, it's a bit hard to lose the scrum when you roll it past the locks feet. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he says, uh, the bloke strikes for it or something. He goes, strike. <laughs> oh, Amazing career. You started in uh, the height of the unlimited tackle of the era and you finished in the four tackle era. Yeah. That must have been a shock to the system. Yeah, well, yeah. But you work your way through it, you know, it's sort of. It's there, everyone else is doing it. So, 
know. So did the game just 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 snap overnight in this, in this fast paced? Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, don't forget they had the bloody uh, takeover. That what do you call it? Super League. Then I think a few rules changed in that. You know, become like touch footy almost in the it did, yeah, in the yeah, Super yeah. League era. Yeah. yeah. So um, I mean, look at. And, and I reckon the, the right people are getting the money. The players now are, are getting the money. But when you consider that when we went away on the on a big Boeing, what am I Big uh, British Empire Electra, the biggest plane they had in those days. And we get on that at uh, Mascot. And the way we go on the plane. Women and kids and everything all in, you know, down the back. Smoking was the go in those days. <laughs> yeah, down the back. And the, and the booze was all down the back. The plane used to fly like this. <laughs> Everybody used to go down the back and have a smoke and, and a can. And you stand there talking to this bloke here, but you can only see him up here. <laughs> you wouldn't know you're talking to like the rest of it was smoke you know must be like then a nightclub yeah and then you'd go back up and we'd be playing 500 you'd just tip your seats right over backwards in those days and sit up on that you'd turn around and play with the blokes behind you <laughs> oh, and you'd play cards all the way and then like, and sleep in the bloody 52 flying house holy Jesus yeah, all over Cairo and Anywhere you fucking like, we went there. And it was like the mail run. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man, these horse and dog or something. Anyway, uh, all that, those things. And then we'd, we'd be over there about two weeks and uh, just about to have our first game, or maybe have just had our first game. And we'd arrive all the fucking uh, Trumps, all the border control they call it they'd arrive and they'd stick us out at Hill Creek 22 mile out of Leeds on a fucking old farm or something pub up on a hill where we had the trout bank and all the fucking toffs the bosses they'd come in they'd all stay in the Queen's Hotel in the fucking first fly first class and and we'd we'd be fucking out of Fucking never, never. Who was the manager on your tour? Was it Bill Buckley, was it? Or? No, he, he was the he was the uh, president or he was boss of the border control. Oh, border, right. it was oh. a, they used to call it the border yeah. control there. Yeah. And then he, yeah, he was he was uh, he was um, not president. What was he? He was a, the gun anyway. He was a, he was the big boy. And then ah, oh, there were all and it used to be all old blacks from. Each club, like old Latcham Robinson, Balmain, and Frank Facer from St George, and, and someone else from down here, someone, and they and they all scratch one another's back, you know. You couldn't shift them. You know. Not much changes there, right? <laughs> this guy's fucking goose. <laughs> um, going. you you had uh, Lou Moses at West. What was he like? Well, uh, luckily, luckily he he parted company. Early days with me, yeah, I couldn't get on with him. I, I couldn't stand him. But he's uh, he, he he'd be ringing up the papers, and then 
blaming everybody else for ringing up the papers. All that fucking crap, you know, you, you don't need. No, we, we weren't getting on too good, old Lou and I. Well, I mean, um, we've done a few history corner segments that Michael's researched about Ilkley, the, the hotel there. Do you reckon the kangaroo is still a dirty word there? Or? <laughs> the what? The, the, uh, the hotel at Ilkley. Oh, oh, shit, no. He, the old bastard that owned that. Every kangaroo's still with me. And what he'd do, he'd go around and buy all this old shit furniture and it looked anything. It was supposed to be real old stuff. Antiques. Antiques. It's supposed to be all antique. Anyway, he'd... Um, you'd put your foot up on the like that and the fucking leg is falling. <laughs> <laughs> so, he was, oh, he was an old prick. And he got us every year. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, the last year, I think it was 67, we went down the road and stayed down the road. But he, he was an old codger. He had it all... He had it all sorted out, what he was going to, uh, what he was doing, what he wasn't. But he, uh, it was a shit fight. There were fucking rats and uh, really, it was a fucking like, shock. It was like step and stuff. Oh, <laughs> it was a shock. But it was a good spot. There. Ilkley, we all liked good uh, Ilkley, but we were just so far away from everything. You know, like we had 26 players locked up in a, a bloody room and they locked up in a pub that with nothing in it and uh, what do you do every night sit there and talk to another guy and have half a dozen beers or something I wonder if they were thinking we'll, we'll keep Johnny Raper away from Leeds oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think they need, needed to do that he caused enough trouble in Ilkley didn't he, oh, he pulled, I was in uh, in Yorkshire last year and I, I went on a, a self-guided tour of Ilkley in, in honour oh. of you old blokes and a uh, very short tour, there's not a lot there. No, there's nothing. <laughs> and there was a lot of people there the day we went. I took my wife back and we backtracked and had a look at where we'd been, you know, and we went up into the the Lakes District and the mm. Keswick Hotel that was all changed and built differently and, and uh, millions of people I think Look at him. but they uh, we were pretty lucky that it, we went at a time where like tourism wasn't the biggest thing in the world like anything like it is now you know mm. so, but everywhere we went there was plenty of people, but nothing like it is now, you know, not packed with people. So I consider us to be pretty lucky, you know, to have, a, have tours like that. We're good. What I don't get was from the other side, when the when the palms were coming out, I saw an article where they were staying in these plush digs in yeah. Borkloos. Yeah. It's like, why were they getting looked after, but you blokes weren't? That now? No, back then. Oh, uh, Oh yeah, they'd have got. They were in pretty good pubs. Yeah, mm. did you? But ours, stuff where when we went to England, they were putting us in bloody old joints. We were falling down. France were falling. Down. We had to burn a wardrobe one night to stop freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible stories. Oh Jesus! 
Um, just one person I wanted to ask about was your coach for Queensland in 59 and subsequently on the Kangaroo Tour Clive Churchill. Um, what was he like as a coach? Yeah, he was pretty good at keeping blokes together. And But I've got to tell you, they were a pretty honourable lot of blokes that I was away with. Particularly the first two. They were all... They all knew what we were there for. It was sort of drilled in to us all, you know. Everybody said, oh, then you'll know what you're doing, you're playing them bloody poms over there and all this stuff. And he used to keep that guard up a bit, you know. Like, and like when you're playing 36 games, it might sound a lot that you've got 26 players, but when you're playing three games a week and stuff like that. And I mean, you you're losing a couple of players all the time so there's blokes backing up all the time or getting yourself ready to go back I used to spend half the time between I had a crook back even then and and uh, I used to keep the poor bastard that rubbed me back half the night you know and get back out and into it again the next day <laughs> <laughs> and I guess if, if you're out for four weeks on the tour suddenly Ian Walsh is playing every game and, and well, that's right that's how it happens yeah yeah um, what was the difference between 59 and 63? Like, pretty good teams in, in both occasions, but what uh, got you over the line the second time? The fact that the 59ers, the blokes that have been there, 59 have been there before. There was no shock to it. Like, coming from Australia to England, no, there were blokes like it, me who'd never come from Ipswich to, to uh, Sydney. You know, so you didn't know what to expect or... Yeah, you know, you're standing there like this all the time, having a look at uh, and it's only about three weeks later and you say, no, another fucking complete. Not another old bridge. You know, all this well, How about the grounds? Like, you, so you went from the oh, rock hard Queensland grounds to these soggy that mud tracks. used to kill us. Yeah. Our legs, our legs for the first couple of games, first couple of weeks, would be, oh, Bloody awful, you know. You're and you're you tried on the ground, something bloody. But now, bloody beautiful. What about the communal baths? Oh yeah, they're good. A lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how weird that? So it's <laughs> that was weird. The weirdest thing in the you world. You never got in with them. I only got in with everybody. Used to try and get over near the line <laughs> when the bell rang. You know? <laughs> They'd be in their corner in the I'm like with their big dollies going, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the blokes that had big slugs, they, they all got in and walked around. All those fucking blokes with Tom Um, do you still go to the reunions? Yeah. Do you still put them on? Yeah. I'd imagine they'd be a, a bit uh, of fun. Mate, I've got to tell you that. The, the Kangaroos reunions, the Kangaroo lost his lost his way here for a few years. You know, like the Kangaroos reunion, if we didn't have, um, well, 20, I reckon there'd be 20 Aussies or 25 Aussies, 20 Kiwis and 20 Poms here. You know, like, that's how it was. And, and that was only the Kiwis and the Poms that were keeping the Kangaroos reunion going. But Mal's arrived on the scene and he, he's uh, said, oh, 
this is not good, blah, blah, blah. So he's pissed them. Kiwis and the what do you call it? He's pissed them off. And we get to sit down with the current Australian side. But we went and had this one the other day. There was a, there's only and there was there was only say forty kangaroos there, and uh, he sits the team up the front, and us down the back. Instead of fucking putting in, this is in the dining room, and they they used to have in the new we went to the before this a new noble stand in the uh, cricket ground. Oh, we got looked after and pushed in that one. Well, yeah, good sis. It's a bit better than fucking climbing around in all the shit after the game, is there? Which we used to do. So anyway, this we go to this one the other day and they got us back in the cricket ground in the members' stand, which suits me fine. And uh, it was just back to the bad old days, you know. And we we got these uh, blokes who think the the game's just started this year or, you know, Australia's playing their first game ever. You know, they don't want to know anyone. Uh, well, I, that was the feeling I got. But there's a heap of them who, uh, who wanted to come and sit amongst the kangaroos, you know, because a lot of those guys, you know, they've, they've read the books and followed the footy. Uh, that, uh, what's his name from Penrith, the Prop. Oh, Reagan Campbell Billard. Yeah. yeah, he comes and sat me for a bloody hour. Oh, what a legend. He was just sitting yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. He's like a really a good bloke, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, he came right out and did on morning coming to I would think that all of them would be pleased to meet the hooker of the century. Hey? I would think that all of them should be pleased to meet the hooker of the century. Oh, they, they, they wouldn't even know, mate. They. they Day. It's just another event, money making <laughs> event, I reckon. Do you, do you think the game like, is responsible for that? Do you think the powers that be do enough to look after... Mal's you know? trying. Yeah. He's trying to get that going. But, uh, uh, there's a lot of them uh, think that the game didn't start until in early 90s, late 80s. You know. Well, at club level, obviously your club doesn't exist as it once oh, did. No. Um, what, what's your relationship with the West Tigers? Oh, I, I go over there often. Uh, they invite me to... Mind you, I'm, I'm about their only... Well, there's Peter Dolan and I. And not too many blokes on their feet mm. that have been oldies, you know, or, or kangaroos or left in there. Because... They haven't had the chance to provide any more since they turfed them out of the club, you know, out of the league. And, I mean, that hurt more than anything that's ever happened. I still carry a grudge on that. They, see, we were, you know, say what you like, whether we're fucking good ones or bad ones. We're we're internationals of a very high level, you know. I played three kangaroo twos and fucking... Couple hundred games and all that stuff, and then I've got nothing to look back on. You know, I, I don't. I, I miss West, you know, and I and I just uh, we 
go over to the attorneys and they, they, they got something going else so they put me in there um, with old Kelly's here tonight and blah 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 you know and I represent them you know still so, but I mean not in any football way anymore like it's all cricket club or something you know. well, the thing about it is it's if, if the joint venture had to go ahead due to financial concerns and it had to happen it should have went the other way Balmain should have went to West because Balmain is now superfluous well, and West is the biggest area of the whole city see Balmain that's right Bel- Balmain AFL area now. Yeah. Joke. Balmain fucking uh, had the wrong attitude. They arrived on the scene and they thought it was a takeover. And you must admit they fucking took over. There was Benny Elias running around the fucking place. Uh, big, bloody, what's his name? Zero. All in play. You couldn't. <coughs> The old West players never got an invitation to a game of anyone, you know. And, and when you did get one, when you got there, there were like 25 Balmain people there. You know, what a fucking joke. Anyway, I hated it. I, I just couldn't bring myself to support that. You know, the, uh, till I guess, one year, I really, actually it was a the year they won. But I, I just couldn't fucking uh, cop what, what they, what's been handed out to us, you know. I reckon it's just... There's other clubs that should have got the bullet long before West, you know. They're sitting there with a, two clubs, fully financial clubs, and he, all the biggest area for kids out there you've ever seen. Well, here's the problem. If Balmain goes bust, which is, I think, the next in line to go. They're gone. And then what, what happens to Campbelltown? Yeah. <laughs> so, sad. But, but the other thing is, like, West have been completely like left out of the picture, but yeah. even on the Balmain side, yeah. anytime something happens, yeah. they go to these same five yeah. blokes from the eighties, yeah. yeah. as if Balmain's history yeah. started then That's as exactly well. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I... give me the shit. Yeah, living near Manly couldn't be worse. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, see, they they had the chance too with North. Mm. The, the funny part about that. North were the uh, foundation club, mm-hmm. and I mean they chucked North. Although, yeah, it's got to be said they didn't have a junior league much up there, and the parking and all that stuff. But their clubs, million bucks, they like mm-hmm. it keeps going and going. This mob have lost, lost the fucking uh, club, the, the joint across the road, all the car park. They used to own all, own it, outright, the lot. Oh, Larko's full of pockets. No way you Well, one thing I loved about your book, like you were, this was at the height of the Super League war, and you were very critical about all that was going on on the Murdoch side. Yeah. But you were one of the, the few old timers that was actually saying, "But hang on, I'm not in the ARL's pocket here either. There's some, yeah. some issues there." Yeah, hey, got issues, all right. But all right. I, I, I think on the bad side of it is how they've let the junior league go. I reckon that's a fucking disgrace. And, and, uh, well, there's, there's lip service this budget that they're going to be putting money back into it. We'll see uh, if that actually happens, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right too. But I mean, they, when, when you do things like that, it's, um, well, you can't take the grassroots or the basics out of things, can you? Like, I mean, with 
he's sure got the arse. Yeah, I agree. Oh, South they, can cover that area. They, God, they still can't draw a crowd. They got the bloody best training ground in the joint. And, when, and honestly, some of the time they say, oh, there's 14,000 there. There's four. There. <laughs> uh, keep showing you the same little square of people. <laughs> um, just to hopefully finish on a positive note, I wonder if, if there is any players playing today or maybe in the last 30 years or so that you would have liked to play with or against? Is there anyone that stands out? Oh, yeah, mate. I, I reckon the players today would be, they'd be just the same as, as the players of yesterday. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could never compare it for the fact is they don't, they've been trained since they were about 10, 11 or 12 or 14. We were still working, working you know, to get a to get ahead. Like, I used to work at, uh, I had three jobs. I was a bouncer at the Narrabeen pub. And this is purely because we had no money. I was a bouncer at the Narrabeen pub. I was a butcher in the course of Manly. And I drove the fucking ghost train and the, and the knock them down stalls <laughs> on the on the Manly fucking pier. I read that in your book. How did you get that book? How did you get that job? Uh, because one of the blokes at, uh, at uh, the butcher shop worked there too. Right. So he got me a job. Awesome. Yeah. How many kids would have like, ridden that ghost train not knowing that like Ned Kelly was there? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we used to have our trouble with those little bars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, I forgot to ask you something. We'll probably, we'll probably cut this and splice it back in. But when you went to air, yeah, and you had to play for five clubs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't have to play with anyone in the green four. So, so the, the deal was you went to one club, and when you got there, they said um, yeah. they've all chipped in for your your, your fee. Yeah, that's exactly right. He, he said <clears throat> I went up and I was having trouble with my leg too. Anyway, he says. Like, I think his name was Dave Tosh. Anyway, he said that they'd like to offer me 800 quid a house and a job. I said, oh, yeah, oh, I didn't fuck all in Ipswich, you know, and I just come <laughs> back off the, the what do you call it, the kangaroo tour. And the funny part about it is that I'd just been away on the kangaroo tour and people think that because you've been out while I on the kangaroo tour, you're going to be a great coach, you know. Which isn't all, always a t- in the case, you know. You might be a, a bit better than the average bug, but you, you mightn't be any bloody good at it, you know. Anyway, uh, I get this thing. Uh, all right, eh? so Chris was just she was just Judy was just about to be born, so and I had to go up and it was a fucking <laughs> raid. Never stop raiding. Drops of rain that big, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you got hit, we were a knockout. Anyway, I was going up in this little Morris Minor, huge little utility I had. I'm going along, it was fucking here floating off the road. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I get there and uh, meet this Dave Tyson. She takes me around to the house. And, oh, Jesus. Here we go, it's a cane farms and all that, you know, cane farms. So, uh, so, so he said, now, we'd like to have a meeting with you, the five, 
the five secretaries would like to have a meeting with you. I said, what do you want five secretaries for? He said, well, what happens is here, he says, each club chips in a bit for the 800. He said, fucking five is as chipping in for 800. <laughs> anyway, must be pretty wealthy clubs, so they, uh, you know, they go. He says, um, we want to have a talk about your injuries and all that. And I said, oh, but no way. He said, but how, well, what's it got to do with the five clubs? He said, well, they all chip in and make, you know, make sure that you get paid and all that. So, oh, that's good. And uh, then to repay them, you you play with a different club every week. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> <laughs> he said, you play with a different club every week. I said, oh, oh okay. He said, uh, what about in the grand final? I said, you don't have to play the grand final. <laughs> you know how the fuck else could you work it out? So anyway, that, that all settles down and I play and then one week I'll be playing against Hornets. <laughs> They're all good blokes. One of them died one day while I was playing. So anyway, on the field? Oh yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. I dug him out of bed in the morning. Andy Kyle is his name. And he's pissed on you. Anyway, uh, it's pretty hot up in here. 94 mile this side of it. Townsville. So anyway, I go and dig him out of <laughs> Tell him he's got to play. Come on, Andy, you've got to get up and play, mate. I need you. Oh, bro. So I'm fucking broke. Come on. So away. I said, I'll see you at the game, Andy. Said, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. So I get down to the thing, get down to the ground and park my car. <laughs> we get on the field, the game's going. Oh, Andy's running like fucking petrol tanks top right up. He's going for it. Well, you can see the old guys going down like this. Like a next man, Andy's gone down. And he's turned like a nearly white. And I thought, fuck me. Doesn't look too good to me. Well, that's something. Someone else runs on. They get someone else runs on. Runs on. They say, someone says, he's dead. And oh, my I God. Said, oh, fuck hell. So they race over and get Dave Tyson on and they say, hey, Dave, he's sitting up in this little grandstand. Hey, Dave. And uh, I said, he's dead. He said, he's what? He's dead? And everyone in the joints went, oh, fuck it hell. Jesus yeah. Christ. So anyway, he says, he's dead. So with that, they come in and Dave said, you think I should stop the game? <laughs> <laughs> they were great people, but Jesus, they were very naive. But, Oh, we, we had a great time. We used to use kangaroos of a night and uh, catch a crabs, crabs by the thousand. Is it true that they whacked the transfer fee on you like they were yeah, they Manchester won that United? Money, <laughs> they won that. That's a bit cheeky, isn't it? Yeah, I, I couldn't work it out. I, I said, it's just a case of one of the smart bastards there is probably sure we'll get money back for him going to. So it almost cost you your Sydney career. This was probably a bit, nearly did. Bit yeah. of push and pull there for a while. Yeah, there was a bit. I, I, I wasn't involved either. I don't think it was too serious to be honest. It's I, just, it just made me laugh. I think the papers got a hold of it. And went right on. <laughs> <laughs> um, just last thing, we don't want to hold hold you right? up too much, right? but um, 
just thought maybe to finish up you could just give us your your opinions on a few of your contemporaries right um one one bloke i wanted to ask about norm proven yeah like he's kind of like held up in this like comes across this really classy classy guy um one of the greats unquestionably but he he seems this like kind of above it all like he doesn't seem to have that same kind of hard edge of some of the forwards at the time, but I mean, surely he must have been able to mix it with, with he the mixed, best of He them. mixed it with everybody. He was such a big bugger. And uh, great knowledge of the game. Great. Sticks Brown was, was, he was married to a shield and he never had a drink or a smoke or anything. And she used to, they ended up getting divorced too later in life. And uh, I reckon she, I reckon she stuffed him up. For you know, she used to say, "Come on, Norman, we're going now." Oh, Norman, come on, darling, up and get me. You know, is that? I think he's that sort of bloke that just keep the peace. You know, and uh, but great play, great play, great bloke, great businessman. Bloody uh, uh, pleasure to know him. You know, he's a lovely mate. Um, the, the other system s- stuff there. Yeah, um, the other side of that, uh, you know, famous photo and statue. Your yeah. uh, captain and Artie Summons. West Artie Summons. What was what was he like? Oh, he's a fantastic bloke. Fantastic bloke. He, uh, Artie wasn't the greatest rugby league player going around. You know, he, that photo was the best thing that's ever happened to Artie. You know. He tell you that. He sent me he tell you. He knows too. I fucking tell him off. <laughs> and he says his pet version, if you ask him about me, he'll say he'll say, Oh, he said so yeah. Uh, he he reckons I, I said to him one day, You're fucking hopeless, you know. Anyway, we're playing in the in the game and you in league you have to cheat. You can't just chuck a fucking ball and be on the other bloke's feet. So every time we played, Hardy was half back on, so we go, oh, you got a blonde, let's go and win it. I'd be kicking him and bashing him and trying to get the fucking ball. But Hardy just couldn't feed the scrum, you know. <laughs> so one day, yeah, one day, he's coming, he's put it in, that's coming out the wrong way again. And I've come out in the scrum and I've said, you are the worst fucking halfback I've ever played with. My fucking love. Anyway, we're having a few beers one day. There's quite a few people there and he said, well, you know my introduction to him and say, my first game, he said, he told me I was the worst <laughs> Oh, jeez. He just sounds funny coming out of his mouth. That's all it. Yeah. It's great. Uh, he's always supporting the game and he goes to all the... Oh, he's great. Uh, yeah, he's, I love that. Great family. Great family. We get there. Great people, you know. They're just great people. Um, who was the best player you played with or against? Well, there's a few of them. Well, you, you, you could never... You could never pick one, you know, like, I mean, I don't know, I, I, the Ipswich front row, we played, we bashed up New South Wales with them, we bashed up New, uh, New Zealand and 
Then we went away in the kangaroo tour, the three of us. It was that so Doug Beatty? Doug Beatty and Gary Parcell. Yeah. So those guys. Because they didn't play in Sydney, you, you, you miss out a lot of press. You know, you're probably reading it up there, but not as much as the only year. Like, I mean, they, they push in it. If they were playing the only year, they'd, they'd be in every rip side, you know. There's no doubt in my mind. But, I mean, um, when you're talking about great players, well, sadly enough, Chang. Chang's the old version of Billy. I think Billy got... I think Billy's as good as I've ever seen. Really? Billy, yeah. And I think you've got to throw Chang in there. But, uh, I hate him. But he's fuck him and I don't get on. But he, he's just a pig. But he's, oh, he's a fucking great player. So the less said about him, the better anyway. But, um, oh, look, Kenny Thornette, Leslie Johns, I mean, Ken Irvine. They still haven't broke his record. Mm, together. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't They're it? Playing with a club like Norse, running last every year. He's leading the points. Incredible. And Joyce got. Imagine what he was like. He played oh. for St. George. Oh, mate. They're talking about that bloke scoring six the other night or something. Mm. He would have scored 16. Yeah. <laughs> Fair come on, mate. Well, one of the great stories in your book was the uh, Irvine v. Brian Bevan lineup. Where you said <laughs> that's I mean that, that's the two legends of the wings oh, facing off yeah old yeah. and young yeah that's right he said there's a story there he had Brian Carlson that used to play for Australia but kangaroo in 59 great he'd been there in 52 youngest something or other everyone great player he's as good a player as I've ever seen anyway uh, he he uh, he said Kenny Irvin was only 18 when he went away the first time and they had that big fucking what's that big black winger's name Billy, Billy Boston Bo- Billy Boston Billy Boston runs out on the field this is David Carson's version of it he says fucking outruns Billy Boston and he said just over on the other side he said it's Kenny Irvin <laughs> like this, he said. So he stays playing fullback, and Herbert uh, turns around and says, "Hey, stay." And he says, "What do you want, Mongo?" We called him. "What do you want, Mongo?" He says, "What am I going to do when this big bastard runs at me?" <laughs> he said. <laughs> he said, "Bend down and pick up a handful of shit." He said, where am I going to get a handful of shit around here at this time of the fucking night? <laughs> and he said, he said, when he starts fucking running at you, there'll be plenty of <laughs> 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 Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> and Stafford Carlson was the funniest uh, person. He's... Last question. The yeah. book's called Hard Man. Yeah. Who's the hardest man you ever faced? Oh, well, plenty of them around here. Like, oh, I never had a lot of trouble with, with anybody in, in those days. I, uh, 
I think what they are one for one treatment. If, if they see when you're awkward and you got your arms up over your head and someone pots you, you know, they, you can get their number. You can, you don't worry about how you get him back later on, you know. And you do that a couple of times, and you risk being being called a fucking king eater artist or something. But the blacks fucking never eat you again, you know. So I, I had this rule, you know, they'd let one go. You'll fucking pay for that, mate. <laughs> Give it to them sooner or later. And uh, it's, it sort of stuck with me, right? Right all the way along, you know. That don't, don't get into the because if they're talking, I say. Don't bash the bastard, he'll bash you back, you know, so, and he's good at it. <laughs> so, that in mind, you know, and there were also other aspects of it. I reckon a lot of hard blokes, and I'm not saying I was hard, that's just a, a word that was put on me in, in the Belimba Cup game. But that, um, I think you find that most real hard blokes respect one another more than look we had two blokes here uh, Spud Carroll and what's his name from uh, Newcastle Harrigan Harrigan those two ran into one another like two for mad bulls you know like I mean I could no sooner do that than fly in the air like look at, it hurts too much you know <laughs> I mean and then, I, mean, I can't remember anyone else doing those sort of like running in and really head on one another. I'm from Newcastle, so I was at the game well, live yeah. as a kid. Could you understand? I couldn't believe it now. Oh, never They run from 50 metres out. <laughs> two, like two of those big bulls that have got them big horns. Here the bang a mile, mile away. Huh? Two nice blokes, two good blokes. But I would say if that's what you call Tonga, <laughs> well, then we've read every book there is to read in rugby league, and there's so many of the toughest men. Oh, like yeah, you was the yeah, toughest man, yeah. so uh, there's something to be proud so of. Kevin Ryan was a tough bloke. Kevin Ryan's big, one of those raw bone bloody blokes. That, no matter where you tackle him, with one part of his bone would hurt you. <laughs> you know, like like them bloody Fijians, like. They seem to be all elbows. Well, Kevin was like that, you know. But uh, I never had any trouble with him. He never had any trouble with me either, I'll tell you. But there was... Um, oh, the, there was a few poms of madmen. But they, they'd put a madman in over there to bash you, and, but he couldn't play. Yeah, right. You know, so... Doesn't really count, does it? No. If you're a madman and you can't play. Can't play, yeah. And they did that a couple of times. There's a couple of blokes called Shaw over there. They were fucking loonies. Well, well, the trick was to put them in the game before the test, wasn't it? On one of the tour matches. To yeah, let them up, and... yeah. They put a bloke called Frank Foster. A bloke came to me one day and he said, Hey, Ned. And uh, he used to drink with us a bit after a game. He pulled me. And he says... Uh, Hey, lad, they've, they've put Frank in, to, in to, to look after you. And I said, Frank who? I hadn't even read the Frank. And it, there's this bristle-fucking-headed, ginger-looking black called Frank Foster. And uh, anyway, I about quarter of, eight, oh, quarter of an hour after the start, he's come in 
with a light tackle and well, I, oh, it's my friend fucking Frank, you know, he's gonna get me. So he fucking half got me with a side on thing later. But he fucking made the mistake of picking up the ball and fucking running in my direction. <laughs> <laughs> and I hit him with the Poor arm. I can still feel it. It's like hitting a fucking good one wood, you know. <laughs> Frank, Frank participated, didn't participate much. He had his feet hanging over the side of the trolley. It was like a wheeling ball. Oh my god. Uh, I mean, if you do that a few times, you fucking get a bit of respect, man. <laughs> When the people jump away from you when you're getting on the bus. <laughs> well, so I'll let you finish on this. What is what was the feeling about being named in the team of the century? It's great sport. Pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. It was, uh, yeah. We all, everybody comes and says, you know, you're, you're a big chance in this, you know. And I, my wife and I are pretty casual about all them sort of things, you know. If it happens, it happens. Uh, we're sitting in there, I was as pissed as a new dog. We're sitting at the table, and I was sitting back. I got been drinking red wine for about four hours. <laughs> and he's written me no, comes out. I, I'm more worried about getting up and fucking <laughs> 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 I was. I was getting there anyway. We were there. That was the main thing. That that team is just uh, spine tingling. It's a great team. In that team, great team. Illustrious company. It's good stuff. And yeah, so I mean, for that reason, being why it's been such a thrill for us to to talk to you today, Noel. And yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.